Joining us now with his thoughts on, on the Helsinki Summit is the author of Defeating Jihad, the winnable war in uh, the upcoming book, Why We Fight, Recovering America's Will to Win, which is available October 9. It's Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Dr. Gorka, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. I'm surprised you weren't on this trip. I know you were uh, You were on the last one to Singapore with uh, Sean Hannity. You stayed home this time. I, I was invited, but I had to stay in D.C., so... Uh, I will actually be in town tomorrow. What are you doing for dinner? <laughs> That's very kind. Well, you know where to find me, so text me with your details and we'll uh, we'll see. Uh, I am actually going uh, and go, getting into the heart of the deep state this week. I will be at the FBI headquarters in Quantico on Wednesday and Thursday, so I will see what I can find out personally. You, you mean the FBI Academy, not the headquarters. Right. The, the, actually, I'll be at the headquarters, too, in the... Uh, the Special uh, cool. Information Office Operations Center. Say hi to Mueller. I, I will do that if I run into him. Uh, what did you uh, What did you watch and, and observe from the the press conferences this afternoon from afar? What did you notice about about the 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 press conference? Uh, look, the president uh, tried to stay diplomatic. Uh, he tried to behave in a way that is befitting uh, standing next to a, a nuclear nation. Um, and the mainstream media went insane. I mean, look, I didn't expect anything different from them. But I think the president's fed up. I, I saw this when I worked with him in the White House. Uh, the way that the media conflates the question of Russian meddling in our election, which, by the way, they've been doing since about 1920, um, the way they conflate that with the completely bogus accusations of Russian collusion against the Trump campaign and even members of his family, he's just fed up. So uh, he didn't dwell on that issue. Uh, and I wish they'd actually asked him important questions, such as the future of Syria, uh, the question of uh, nuclear uh, arms control. It, it was classic. It was, it was the media just doing its biased thing. Well, Dr. Gorka, I got to tell you, I, and and I've worked a little bit of my anger out of my system, but I am a little fed up with with what, at least in uh, perception, seems to be the president's continued uh, chumminess with with enemies, with really sincerely bad guys like Kim Jong Un and Vladimir Putin, and and siding apparently with with people like Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence services. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this this statement just released from DNI Coates. Uh, Dan Coates put out a statement which was apparently not cleared by the White House uh, shortly after the the press conference today, uh, this afternoon, uh, in which the the president said he believed Vladimir Putin over over intelligence reports that 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 confirm that verify that that Russia did in fact uh, meddle in the U.S. election in 2016. And Coates says that we have been clear in our assessments of Russian meddling in the 2016 election and their ongoing pervasive efforts to undermine our democracy. Why is the president uh, unwilling to acknowledge that publicly? I really find it weird that, that anybody who has a radio show would actually honestly say that the president cozies up with our enemies. Can you tell me, after the invasion of the Ukraine, what did President Obama send to the government in Kiev? Do you know? Well, I, I don't honestly know offhand, uh, but I'm not talking about okay, President I'll Obama. You, I'll tell you what he sent. I'll tell you what he sent. He sent blankets. Do you know what we did in the Trump White House? With Ukraine? Anti-tank anti missiles. 
which is which is how terrific. Many, and and I got to tell you that the president has been very tough with actions against Russia, but right. he continues but he continues to to be more friendly in public with people like Putin, with people like Kim Jong Un than he is with with allies. So would you prefer us to go to war in Korea? Absolutely not. What, what, no, what I, is that, the first time it's, in 65 it's, years it's, that a U.S. president why, has been invited to meet with the head of state of North Korea? Dr. Gordon, you, you, years that we have a potential for peace on the Korean Peninsula. And this is a president who also, just to say in the fact, has authorized the targeting and the killing of more than 200 Russian mercenaries in Syria who are not good guys. So, so why so why is the president unwilling to appear tough when standing in public with them? Is he is he more concerned about about the appearance of friendliness with them or or is he uh, unwilling to to actually uh, confront them publicly? I think killing 200 mercenaries is, is a form of confrontation that no other head of state has actually been prepared to do in the last uh, 20 years. Uh, I think there's, if you want to understand the president's approach privately and publicly, I always, uh, I always point people back to the last press conference he gave in Trump Tower about a week before the inauguration. Uh, as he was leaving the press conference, a uh, typical churlish uh, reporter shouted at him, said, What about Vladimir? What about Moscow? And the president stops and he gave a very, very short response, which is everything that he thinks and does with regard to Russia. He said, in theory, I would like to be better, I would like to have better relations with Moscow, which makes sense. 11 right. time zones, nuclear power, sits in the U.S. security council to reach over. So do, does having yeah, better relations with Moscow yeah, mean that we need I to allow finish? them to meddle in our elections? Can I finish? Yeah, sure. He said, I would like to have better relations in theory, but right now, it doesn't look very likely. And if that's the case, so be it. So this is a man who understands the geopolitical importance of Russia, but he doesn't want to kick a hornet's nest for the sake of kicking a hornet's nest publicly. But when they threaten our interests or the interests of our friends or humanitarian uh, uh, you know, values writ large, he takes action. If you can't understand the difference between pissing somebody off publicly and dealing with them as a threat in your actions, then I'm sorry, I can't explain geopolitics to you. Dr. Gorka, you forget I'm a radio guy. It's kind of my job to piss off people in public. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, that's not what I think uh, the job of a radio host is. I've, I've hosted many radio shows in the past, and I try not to piss people off, but go ahead. Now, uh, I, uh, here, here's the thing, and, and Again, uh, you and I come at this from from two completely point, different points of view. And again, I, I voted for Donald Trump, but I I just don't understand why, from a perceptual standpoint, purely from marketing, which obviously the president understands that he would go into a room privately without anybody else there, uh, with all of the allegations of collusion, whether they're true or false, and whether why he would side with Vladimir Putin over his own intelligence agencies in public. When you're killing 200 of his mercenaries, you're not siding with the guy. You've got to drop that. It's bogus, okay? When you're telling the Germans, stop buying Russian oil and gas, you're not siding with Vladimir, okay? It's, you're, you're falling for the Huffington Post narrative. So let, let, me, let me give you, uh, you know, a theory. Okay, I, I haven't spoken to the president since, since I was in Singapore, but, but here's the theory for today. Okay. The, the president knows Vladimir, um, how shall I say this? 
is not confident in his masculinity. A short man who deliberately poses with photographs of himself bare chest on the back of a horse is compensating, compensating. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah, but didn't the president also okay, so, make a point of, so of being insecure about the size of his he hands? He knows that about him, and he realizes maybe, maybe, if I want to be smart, I don't embarrass this guy in public. I can be tough behind closed doors, but embarrassing a guy who's already got an inferiority, inferiority complex in public, you know, that's not the smartest thing to do. So he is the man who wrote The Art of the Deal, and maybe this is one of his latest strategies. So when I next talk to him, I'll ask him. But right now, that's my theory. It's entirely possible. But isn't, hasn't Donald Trump also shown his own infer- inferiority complex by, in today's press conference, a year and a half after the election, nearly two years after the election, rehashing his electoral vote count? I mean, isn't that a little bit of infer- inferiority as well? Well, I think it's a statement of fact in the face of a media that denies the fact. I mean, look at Hillary. Hillary has, you know, my, my friend Sean Hannity of Fox, has, has counted the number of excuses she's given. He's up, right. She's up to 58, 58, 58. excuses wow. for why she lost, except the most important one, that she was an awful candidate. So when the, news, when the media persistently pushes this garbage thing about Russian hacking being the real cause, when the DOJ itself, Rod Rosenstein last Friday says, not one vote, not one vote was tallied differently because of Russian action, he just puts the facts out there. That's all he's doing. Well, and and, that, and that's the point I've tried to make is that I don't believe that Russia actually changed any votes, and and I I seriously doubt that anybody changed their vote because of some Facebook ads or some things that were done on Pokemon Go or whatever the, these Russian hackers may have done. I don't know that they were successful in convincing anybody to change their vote because Hillary was such a flawed candidate. But that doesn't mean just because they didn't change a vote, that doesn't mean they actually didn't interfere with the election. And and that's what I don't understand why the president won't acknowledge publicly when directly asked if Russia interfered in the election. The simple answer is yes. Yes, they did. And they will be punished for that action. And we will take appropriate steps to protect the integrity of our vote moving forward. That's a it's a simple answer. Right. When you get elected president, you can give that answer. <laughs> I, I would love to have your support when I run in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll keep you on my cabinet, sir. <laughs> we'll see about that. Uh, do you smoke cigars? Should I bring you a cigar in D.C. this week? I do. I do. Your intelligence is good. Uh, do you like an Oliva V. Maduro? Uh, I like pretty full-bodied, large, large-gauge, uh, you know, Churchill-style cigars. As long as it's a good flavor and a long, you know, forty-minute smoke, count me in. I've got a, I've got a handful of Oliva V Maduros that I'm gonna, that I'm bringing with me. So, uh, Oliva, tr- excellent, uh, excellent cigar. Try to connect with you. I can't, I can't afford the Opus X uh, like bad, like uh, Bob Paducha can. That's a serious cigar. <laughs> uh, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, as always, I love having you on the show and uh, really appreciate your time and our, our debate and conversations. Uh, Defeating Jihad, The Winnable War is available, and the upcoming book, Why We Fight, Recovering America's Will to Win, available October 9. Uh, be sure to get that. Dr. Sebastian Gorka on Twitter, at Seb Gorka. Uh, we'll talk uh, very soon, and I'll, I'll, I'll bother you on text while I'm in D.C. this week. Sounds good. Have a good one.